We used to talk about that there needed to be a day every year during the school year, which was just a national punch a kid in the face day. You, yeah. I because, because you, you, absolutely, just one day, you find a kid, you punch them square in the face. Welcome to the It's Possible podcast, where we tackle topics between life, business, and everything in between, and how we make it all possible with your hosts, John and Amy. Let's take it away. So something that we've talked about often, or something that I certainly complain a lot about, is um, is soft-ass kids. Yep. It drives me crazy. So, okay, so first of all, before we get into this, there's some things. So, at the moment... Um, we have our niece and nephew with us because, um, our brother, your brother and his wife are kind of in the process of coming here. Um, there was... By coming, you mean they're moving. They're moving here. Yeah. There was just some family things going on and, uh, we agreed we'll, you know, bring the kids here and, you know, we started my niece. We had them come here so my niece could start kindergarten with... Uh, Michael and Jack to get the ball rolling and they are five and three and a half and um, it's been it's been awful <laughs> like you know you're, you're happy to help but it's um, those ages in and of themselves are difficult especially when they're not your own and um you know, adding them into the mix of our three boys is John and I are just so far beyond stressed and so behind on work that we're like, you know, right now it's nine thirty and we are like laying here with our eyes. We got to get in a podcast because we haven't. We were we went on vacation and we were late for a podcast in July and then we were gonna like backlog and try to catch up. And then this has kind of happened, so we've been in a pickle. But it's because we have this influx of kids now, you know, we're uh, five children in the house, as we have been talking about the advent of soft-ass kids um, since their arrival. So there's, you know, a couple things that just, it's nobody's fault, they just would be blatantly noticed, is that... Um, our niece is older, she's five, and then our nephew's three and a half. So obviously their dynamic as brother and sister are going to be vastly different than that of three boys. And granted, I I have a very hard time when we go anywhere, we get invited over to people's houses, because having three boys, it's literally just nothing shocks me anymore. So there's just, the rules in our house are uh, no hits to the face, and, uh, no hits to the groin and no, and like period, that's pretty much it. The, the idea of like, we have some friends that have daughters and it's like really big deals for them. If like their daughters argue or fight or like physically touch each other, there literally is not a day that goes by that one of our sons does not punch the other. It's just part of having all boys, whether it's playful whether it's malicious, 
whether it's meant to evoke a reaction, like whatever it is, it happens at least daily. And they're beating the shit out of each other all the time. So like there literally is at least once a day, everybody get the hell outside and go take it out on the grass and just please don't have the neighbors called CPS on us. Like that's it. But for other people, we are learning <laughs> that don't have sons or don't have the same dynamic is things are very different. And so our niece and nephew are here. And granted, our niece is pretty rough and tumble for being a little to like. She loves to dress up as a pretty, pretty princess. And she's also game to throw on like the stormtrooper mask and play zombie apocalypse with Nerf guns with the boys. So there's that, but you can just tell that these poor kids, especially our our nephew, are just not accustomed to what it means to be rough and tumble. And um, we noticed it, I think, when you worked at Genesis the first time, um, we were kind of in charge of dealing with a lot of things to do with like athletics and trying to grow programs to bring in more students like all these things. And when you were there, I think like the last year where they were there is you realized that you guys can't feel the team for anything because there's either such a lack of interest in athletics now, or it's just full of kids that like, if, they're looked at the wrong way, let alone like knocked over on a football field or a basketball court or a fill in the blank. Like they can't hang. Well, it certainly was an evolution, right? And that it, it and talking. So being within schools, you're going to have um, just a large pool or a large population of kids. They you're from all um, from you can have from all different walks of life, depending on the type of school. Um, that you really look at like what the po- overall population is looking like as far as like the next generation. Mm-hmm. And definitely from say, um, my first year teaching in 2013 to my last year teaching, um, in 2017. Well, first of all, that's a different, that's not that long of a stretch time. The caliber of kid you were teaching in 2013, and first of all, you started teaching in 2011. 2011, when you came to first whatever year. years ago, when I first started teaching, four score. It's four seven score. Years seven years ago, uh, when I first started teaching, but but the, the, my I'm 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 bringing this up for a reason because it's those the students that I was teaching um, just at the turn of coming into the 2010s, 20 teens, is completely different. From what it sounds like, even at the military school. So where I was um, a teacher and became a headmaster at the military school, mm-hmm. the caliber of kid, the type of kid that existed in 2011, and then the kid that I'm hearing, the folks that I am still friends with that are still teaching there in 2019, is the same type of evolution. So they're seeing the same types of things. Now, it's not as extreme because it still is a military school. So kind of the dynamic of what we're talking about, which is soft ass kids and really just soft ass people mm-hmm. is, is not as drastic as what we saw in Florida at yeah. the private school that I was at down in Florida. And so, yeah. yeah. So the story is going where it's our first year at the school in Florida 
to our last year is that last year we started to see our male sports teams um, essentially go away. And as you looked at the future, so as you looked at this and you were projecting if you can retain this many students and take them all the way through high school, kind of what do your teams look like as you're working with, say, your athletic director? And we noticed something terrible as far as we were concerned because the idea of being able to keep kids balanced and have, you know, the idea is not just academics, not just after school clubs, not just, you know, the, the, you want to make sure you have athletics as well to be able to kind of balance the whole student. And we realized the students that we had, they didn't play sports and they didn't just not play sports. It was as though they had never like experienced allergic to the sun. Yeah, hadn't hadn't experienced like any type of physical, either labor or contact, like ever in their lives. And so that's, it was something that we started to notice as, um, as there's been a push and a drive towards um, STEM, uh, with, you know, science, technology, engineering, mathematics mathematics, uh, steam, you add in the arts in there a little bit. So these buzzwords, as they become more popular, you've started to notice, or we started to notice where it's, well, do I send my kid to wilderness outdoor camp or do I send them to STEM camp? Now, let me be clear. I'm a huge fan of science and math and engineering and all that good shit for the it matters right it matters a lot and certainly was something that i could not have cared less about when i was a student and have found that i am super intimate now as an adult yeah however there needs to be a balance and so what's going on is that what we're seeing is as kids today and this is again this is not one of those things where it is well, in my day, right. kids were – no, no, no. Kids that are playing video games and the kids that are at chess club and science camp and doing these things, especially during the summers, it's – there is no balance any longer. It no. is – they are watching YouTube. Well, they are playing video games. Well, and see, here's – yeah, and that's the thing. So we know that YouTube, right, literally consumes the thought processes of kids nowadays so much because they look at it as a literal potential career path. But if you look at our parents' generation before, you still had the nerdy kids that were into science and, you know, even look at Stranger Things, even Dungeons and Dragons and, you know, even in the 80s, right, but before then or the chess club, or whatever thing that was deemed nerdy that they were into, but lifestyle naturally required some physical element. So they're still getting outside, and they're riding their bikes to their friend's house to play chess or Dungeons & Dragons. And it is, you know, when they are in high school, I mean, the advent, like, this may be a little bit of a tangent, but it's applicable. I'll bring it back. But, like, my parents own a business, right? Uh, Hot Dog Stand on the Beach. So they hire summer help every year. And they've been doing it for 30 years. And as the years have gone on, especially probably in the last five years or so, 
is they are getting to the point where they're literally begging for applicants. They don't have any applicants at all for summer work. They have gone for 25 out of the 30 years where it's, they, my mom would take a bunch of applications to the high school and before Memorial Day, they would have loads of applications to go through of kids that want a cush-ass summer gig that are in high school or college kids or whatever. And nobody is working. Nobody wants to work. You know what I'm saying? So even back in the day in our parents' generation, even if you weren't an athletic male, you know, even if you didn't fit that stereotype, is again they're required an element of physicality you had a paper route to help pay for your damn bike or your car or whatever you know what i'm saying you would get out and you would have to mow the lawn to help your parents out and do chores and 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 these things are just it's like painful for kids nowadays you we're watching we're watching physical aspects of society just are going by the wayside well yeah and for for our own kids, um, we have three different personalities. But Michael, Michael will do things. Michael is very motivated by trying to appear to be mature, which he is. Like he he's he's very much like me, where he's type A. He's organized. He's methodical, um, and he's a planner. So for him, it's very much of like, okay, I'm planning for my future, and in my future, I need money, and in order to get money, I need to do these things. But, like, if we ask, and he'll still, who goes outside, he loves to play baseball, he likes to ride his bike, like, there is some physical things he likes to do, but the advent of, like, Michael, come outside and help me rake leaves, or help us carry in the groceries, or do things that are normal things that, like, for sure I did as a kid without thinking about it, it's, like, a big to-do. If he gives me shit, like, we don't allow it, right? So it's just, you're helping because I said so, period. But I just, and maybe I'm looking at my past through rose-colored glasses, but I just don't, like, my dad literally in the summer would have me shovel gravel to help spread out for their business. Because they're dry, because the parking lot's not paid. Like, I would have to, at Michael's age, at eight, nine years old. Well, look at and, your examples are your examples seem to be like they're they're all chore related and so chores suck and so like for sure as a kid i I guarantee you you bitched about chores like that's it's it that comes with the territory but here's the example of which continues on the the tangent or, or thought process that you're on the difference between michael jack and henry is when it comes to physicality jack and Henry, if I'm outside lifting weights in no, the they garage, enjoy, they, enjoy they genuinely want to go and lift weights. The Jack will even ask, can we go lift? That does not exist in Michael's DNA. No, and the same thing. It's just difference in preference. Is You ask Jack, Jack, do you want to go on a bike ride? He'd literally rather cut off his left arm. You know what I'm saying? It's just it's, it's a difference in preference a little bit. Um, but I do get what you're saying. Of all three of our kids, Michael for sure naturally is the one who, if we didn't kick his ass out of the house, 
he literally would never see the light of day without it. But that's what we're seeing from kids today. Right. Is that due to whether it's you don't want to let your kids out, you're nervous about them being raped or whatever it is, and you don't want them to leave the house, and also obvious that parents are becoming less and less active as a society. We're becoming less and less active. Our jobs are all geared around data collection metrics bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's sitting at a sitting desk at a desk for eight hours a day staring at a screen. Right. So that ends up being the norm. And so you have a, a population of people that are now doing that for their work mm-hmm. and they have had children and those children are already sitting the same amount of time that the adults are. And this is one of the things that I for sure have noticed being a dad is the difference of what my kids do with me in comparison to what I did with my dad Mm -hmm. are night and day when it comes to physical activity. Now, now my parents were running a business as well. So my dad's physical activity was we're going to a storage unit because we got to be able to move product and picking up boxes and loading them into trucks and taking them to the store because we got to be able to, you know, we're unloading boxes like that was the weekend. And that was but there wasn't like we're going to go work out like that. That's a very unique relationship that I have with my kids because I am working out so often. So that is a normal, that is something that's totally normal. So Henry knows how to load farmer's handles with plates, <laughs> right? And he's, he's turning three. Right. But even so, I mean, but outside of actual working out, we know with children, obviously exercise equals play. They're synonymous. They're one and the same. And for sure, I mean, my parents would play games with us and stuff. But again, I remember it was, they were working a lot, right? And so most of my physicality had to come from my own self, but I I naturally had, and I still do have an absolute urge to have to be outside. I cannot be cooped up in a house. I get cabin fever. Even in the depths of winter, I have to go outside and feel the elements. And I had that even as a kid. So I naturally would have to, you know, I would go outside and play and ride my bike and run around or just sit in the sun and like feel the wind. I had to have nature. But for our kids is even if we're not working now, we still make a very strong conscious effort to have it be play based. Um, And just whether we're playing tag in the backyard or we're doing kickball or the other night when we did the water balloon fight or we're jumping on a trampoline is we're doing something just because the advent of like, if you don't use it, you lose it absolutely is applicable. And everybody equates that to like adulthood, right? Is all you got an object in motion stays in motion. So you see these, you know, 65 year old mall walkers, but it's like, that's still applicable for children and people forget that is they're so used to we send them now to public school where i think i looked at the recent you know i'm trying to look at the kids schedule is there's a 20 minute recess period for jack for a six-year-old boy 
20 minutes of physical activity a day. That's it. Yeah, we're gonna and get we're gonna get some calls. We're gonna get some for sure. We're gonna get some calls because that's not enough movement for a child. But that has become the standard. So they wake up in the morning, they sit and eat breakfast, they go to school and sit all day long, short of their 20 minutes, right? So we check the box on that, or so to speak. And then they come home, and then they, that's, that's when it matters. What do they do when they come home? Are they going in their room and watching YouTube? Are they playing video games? Are they, even if they're not doing, are they sitting and reading a book? While that is advantageous overall for brain development, sure, and it's a hell of a lot better than playing video games, it's, movement is so important, and it's so heavily undermined, and coming full circle, is because nobody forces their kids to to move anymore, because it seems that parenting is just too hard these days, people just can't be parents, and believe me, I totally get it, and I am so far from perfect, it's laughable, right? But I will be damned if I ever allow my kids to just come into a house and sit on a screen for the remainder of the day without me losing my mind. Like, there's literally days on Sundays where you have shut off the power. So, like, we don't have electricity at all. It's, if you're hot, yeah, it's hot, open a damn window. You can't watch TV? Oh, sorry. You know what I'm saying? It's just, there has to be an element of uncomfortability. Because, again, even with Michael, is you, you don't want it to be chore-based all the time. I understand that. And you don't want it to be horrific. But for him, sometimes it's like, especially this summer, and it drove me crazy, because I would kick him off a screen and I make the kids go outside where we literally kick the kids outside and lock the door. But he would ride his bike around or he would play for 10 minutes and it's like, okay, I'm sweaty. So am I done? It's like, what are you talking about? No, you're not done. And it's just, it, it's just so much of an inability to handle anything uncomfortable. And again, that's what, you know, having our niece and nephew here is it's two extra people. So there are a lot of tears from across all family members, but sometimes it just becomes because they play really well until they don't. And then somebody cries, whether it's our kids or their kids and somebody gets hurt and somebody tattles. And it's, you just get to a point where it's like, figure it out. Stop being such a soft-ass bitch. Yeah. It's just learn to handle yourself. If she touches you, if he hits you, figure it out. I swear Hank, the two-year-old, is the only one that gets this. Where it's he will try, attempt to handle things. So if someone's doing something he doesn't like, he will say, stop that or no or I don't like that. And he will let it go only till a certain point and then it's all right i told you and he will just smack your shit in the face yeah, i guess i'm i guess you have to smack a bitch right and he, i mean for sure he gets to that point and of course it's not no we can't henry we can't put our hands on somebody else you know whatever but in the same breath it's like kids kids freaking need to be smacked in the face a little bit 
Yeah, well, yeah, they, we, they we, need... we talked about, I mean, come on, talk about military school. We used to talk about that there needed to be a day every year during the school year, which was just a national punch a kid in the face day. You, yeah. I because, because mean... you, you, absolutely, it's one day, you find a kid, you punch them square in the face. Right. And it just, because it's, you have to learn how to hang. Mm-hmm. The, it drives me crazy whether we're at a park whether we're at home and then there's these scheduled quote-unquote play dates which that word makes me vomit in and of itself but it's when you if we go to a friend's house to have all of our kids play nobody can just play anymore it's they play for two seconds and then they have to mom he hit me mom they're they're taking the choice here mom they're not letting me play it's like shut up and figure it out the amount of tattling that occurs the amount like (laughs) you know you have to encourage the kids Our, our advice always to our kids is if you don't like something that's happening try to handle it yourself try to solve the problem Tell that person you don't like what they're doing. Ask them to stop. Do what you can to help yourself first. If it progresses, then you can tell an adult. But the amount of tattling and like informative crap that is unnecessary, that is every five seconds whenever you are around other kids and kids' parents, makes me vomit. I am purposefully hands off on so many situations and I think it drives some moms crazy because there's so many helicopter moms that like are have to like eavesdrop on every conversation and know every little thing and it's like it's almost makes them feel must feel better as parents where they're like Billy don't hit her with the pool noodle Billy Billy make sure that you jump to the side oh, don't go don't go up the slide make sure you go down the slide Billy it's like sh- it has to make them feel like they are being better by saying something as parents. But it's like, oh, without a doubt, that, that comes from the world of coaching as well. Gosh. So the coach that feels the need to constantly be speaking and to look like they're coaching oh, yeah, makes them feel like they're being a better coach. Oh, and it, most importantly... That they are being observed as being a better and coach. I get, and that may, that hits the nail on the head. And that makes so much sense. And, and granted, I feel it 100% for sure. Is dealing with mom shaming and dealing with all these things. Is you feel the need to rack up as many kudo points as you possibly can. Because moms are so shit on. And they shit on each other as opposed to supporting each other. And so because of that. They feel the need to prove, obviously, whether to themselves to make them feel better or externally that, look at me, I'm being a mom. Right, I'm engaged. I'm engaged, see? No, can't do that. Can't do that. Like, the movie that just unapologetically hits the nail on it. Bad Mom? Absolutely. Bad Mom is on it, man. They're awesome. Because that that idea, that, that premise... That definitely comes from the same vein of, you know, stepbrothers and just being, like, just brutally honest about a couple different relationships. It's that. It's just, like, just, just let your your kid go up the slide. Like, shut up. Well, for me, it's, 
it gets to the point where it's like, shut up because we're sick of hearing you. But I purposefully am hands off because it's like, nope, I have told him 642 times not to go up the slide before. And obviously he's not listening. So his bitch ass needs to go up the slide so he can get kicked in the face by someone else coming down the slide. That needs to happen. They need to understand how to handle their own shit. And they need to be knocked around a little bit. They have to experience conflict. Whether it's physical or uh, verbal or whatever it is. I'm not saying that kids should get punched in the face. I said that. I know, well, yeah. I guess it's true. I guess I do agree with that. But yeah, just if you but, if you don't feel that way, then screw you because you just haven't met a kid that wait till your kid turns nine and then you'll be ready. We'll be ready. But no, it's like even if it's like the metaphorical punch to the face, so to speak, it needs to happen. Absolutely. Because in life, things happen that just suck. That make no sense, that are horrific, that are unjust and unfair and unwarranted. And it happens. And you have to learn how to deal with it. So in the moments when the five kids are jumping on the trampoline and you have the one kid who's just sobbing because he can't handle being in that moment. it's Then get the hell off. You either put up or shut up. You deal with it or you need to go. There doesn't need to be a constant like, oh, well, guys, make sure that, like, you're jumping softly around Timmy because he doesn't like it. It's no. Timmy needs to learn to hang. And if he can't learn to hang, then he needs to go. Well, and Mike Tyson has the saying, right? Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the fucking face. Right. And the reality is, is that's it. But if you aren't used to that, if you aren't conditioned to be able to handle of plan, execute, failure reevaluate and then go back at it if you aren't if you aren't practiced at that that's not something that's just gonna all of a sudden start to like you don't just figure that out naturally right that comes from trial and error trial and error learning and learning and learning and the problem is is that the more that we avoid any form of discomfort the, the less we learn. The less we learn. The less we're capable of learning. Right. And, you have to you and, have and, to be knocked down in order to learn some serious life lessons. And to stay with that exact analogy, it's you have to get knocked down in order to learn how to be able to get back up. Yeah. And again, it's one of those things where it's our, our fear we've talked about these these premises before, but it's our fear of failure. Our fear of what others think of us, mm -hmm. the, that is what truly is holding us back from being able to be willing to fall down, right? The, the stumbling, bumbling, 18-month-old, whatever, 9-month-old, I can't remember anymore how long it takes, to walk, walk, right? Nine months. They're, not, they're not worried about how they look walking. Mm -hmm. They just don't care. They just want to walk. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter how many times they fall. They just get back up and they keep going at it. Right. And that is literally how we learn to walk. And yet we at don't a apply certain it point we don't other, apply it. Yeah. It's, it's all of a sudden not allowed. And 
I was just messaging in a group today this same premise where it was talking about learning. The concept is that we're really just not all that interested in learning anymore. We're just interested in checking the box of which some third party has arbitrarily decided is this is what the standard is of learning or knowledge. Mm -hmm. So it's all we care about is the A. Yeah. All we care about is the certificate. Mm -hmm. It's you really actually don't care whether you've learned a thing or that you know a thing. You just want the certificate that shows everyone else that you know the thing. Right. And that's where we're seeing we're far less interested in actually building a craft or building a skill as we are of taking the selfie while doing it. Oh, and that's, oh yeah, that's an awesome little quote. Because, and I don't know what has caused us to change this drastically in a generation. I don't know if it is just the advent of technology has become so addictive that it has, we have lost any desire to do any, like, granted, obviously the, the imminent threats have dissipated, right? Is we, Well, technology does it. I mean, think okay. about something as simple as this. When our parents were younger, how did they change the channel on the TV? Oh, yeah. Had to get up. Right. right. And then what happened? Remotes. For sure. Exactly. Yeah. I, so as technology progresses, we be, it, obviously, the purpose of technology is to improve your life the problem the problem is is that's a double-edged sword and wally shout out to wally wally which is a disney pixar film about a little robot that falls in love with a little girl robot named eva anyway that whole entire premise the whole movie is all about how man how people had technology progressed so far that they waste all the resources on Earth and they end up fleeing Earth, but they are all these large, fat, gelatinous masses that sit in these hover, hovering wheelchairs and technology and computers and everything and robots do everything for them. Yeah. So they actually stop being able to use the muscles in their bodies. And the bones in their bodies become weak. And they physically can't stand. That's heavy for a children's cartoon. But that is literally the future. We're using the word literally a lot. we got to work on that. Well, it's thanks to Michael. We We literally told him that we literally can't stand him using the word literally. Like literally earlier today. Yes. Anyway. (laughs) um, That... It's this premise of technology improving upon our lives is so dangerous because of the fact that it's a double-edged sword. Right. And this is really where we're driving. At least this is a, a top a point that I wanted to make sure we got brought up as we talked about this, is that the, that higher-order thinking, and this, again, comes from Julian Pinot and StrongFit and some of the things we've been talking about lately and listening to their podcast is that higher order thinking 
as we continue to progress towards that direction and towards um, thought and philosophy and whatnot, it requires less physicality and more of our energy. So that's where our energy goes is towards that higher order thinking. And what happens is, is that the physical aspects of what makes us who we are slowly disappears. And as we see these future generations, as we look at the generations, how they've progressed is while we've become smarter, while technology has improved, how physical, how tough, how strong, all those different types of things Mm -hmm. on average are going down. Now, as we, our nutrition has improved, as food and bioavailability, all these different things have improved, we for sure are getting bigger as a people. Right? If you go way back, right, they were little teeny tiny looking people. And big strong people nowadays are crazy strong in comparison to what existed back in the day. Right. But But I'm talking about the average, the bell curve, your average human being nowadays. Can't do chat. Well, you think about, yeah, you think about those, those grandpas that have just totally calloused hands that can still go out and kick your ass. If it requires like, Lifting a heavy rock or picking up things to move from one point to another. It's just, I feel like the younger generations and those that sit at a desk and have, don't have an ounce of like athleticism in their bodies at all. It's just, it's sad. Like just walking upstairs is strenuous for people. It's like, and what universe, at what time and place did that become work? That's not work. And it is nowadays. Walking to the mailbox for some people is too difficult. And that's a problem. And when you see it, again, coming full circle, because we need to wrap up, is just the idea that the fact that it's happening for kids... The fact that a 10-minute bike ride for my son is, I'm just, I'm winded, or I'm sweaty, or just, it's, no, that's not okay. That's not okay. It's not okay for you to feel exacerbated because your heart rate goes up a little bit. You're a child. You know what I'm saying? It's, These things are disconcerting because we have seen it so drastically become a problem in the last, what, 10, 15 years as office jobs have increased, as technology has taken over, and as people are sitting for longer and longer stretches of the day, it's becoming a problem. But with that also comes a problem with children. And if we only are going to allow... 20 minute recess periods for small children and if we are never going to force them to get outside and play and get uncomfortable and get sweaty and get dirty and get punched in the face a little bit from time to time they're never going to have the opportunity to learn anything you have to let your kids deal with some hard shit or you're doing a disservice to them, in my opinion, in terms of raising them. Because they will never be able to handle anything in life. Exactly. 
Yeah. You gotta let your kids get tough and not have a bunch of soft ass kids just walking around, not being able to handle at just the basic, the basic life functions. Yes. And it's all about that balance. Yes. So that's where it's get them outside, let them be cold, let them be hot. Let, let them be un- let them be uncomfortable. Yeah. Because we are so comfortable 99% of the time. We still need that ounce of uncomfortability. Need it. So when they get older and they're faced with conflict and they're faced with that uncomfortability, they are able to have a sense of understanding that it's not that bad. It's going to be okay. And the reason why we do this as parents is because if you are looking around and you are noticing how much it pisses you off when people say they're offended by something, mm-hmm. you're the problem. Yes. Is make your kids tough so they can handle their shit so that they don't get offended and that we struggle as a society of needing to PC every effing thing that's out there. Because what it is is a bunch of kids that have gotten older that get offended by everything because they've never had to be able to handle being uncomfortable. Or adversity. So, that's it. The end. Hey, thank you for joining us for our podcast episode. Do you have a topic or an idea that you'd love to hear us cover? Leave us a voice message right in the Anchor app or on the Anchor page for the podcast online. You can also reach it at bit.ly slash message underscore it's possible podcast. Again, that's bit.ly slash message underscore it's possible podcast. Also, do you really dig what we are doing here on the It's Possible podcast? Do you feel like you just have the overwhelming sensation that you want to help buy an extra gallon of milk to help us feed our three growing monsters each month? Well, then we want you to do that too. We would hate to take away that opportunity for you. You can become a monthly supporter of the podcast today by going to bit.ly slash milkfund underscore it's possible podcast again that's bit.ly slash milk fund underscore it's pod possible podcast we appreciate it very much we appreciate everybody that gives us feedback after each episode and we appreciate all of our monthly supporters helping make the podcast and our mission of doing what we want to do possible we appreciate it Lastly, wherever you listen to our podcast episodes, we ask you to subscribe and leave us a review. This helps you get alerts when we drop a new episode. It also helps others find the podcast when they search for us. It'll only take you a minute or two, and we sure get excited when we see some love that comes our way. We appreciate your time, and we appreciate you joining us for today's episode. Till next time.